We're back again to peer into another section of our series of podcasts, peeling back the layers of the cost data collection instrument. In this episode of the QMC EMS Board and Collar, we'll break down the service mix section or section number six. Hey, we're ready to go if you are. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the QMC Board and Collar, news and thought-provoking discussion for today's emergency medical service professional. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's Board and Collar podcast from QMC's business development team, Chuck Humphrey. We continue our series of Board and Collar podcasts to dissect the Medicare Ground Ambulance Data Collection Instrument, which is central to the federal government's Ground Ambulance Cost Data Reporting Initiative. We're taking a look at the online tool where ambulance service leaders will be reporting their costs to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, beginning with those services randomly sampled this year in the first reporting phase. Section six of the reporting tool is labeled service mix. This section asks respondents to answer questions to pin down the percentage of a ground ambulance agency's responses and transports by type. Now CMS is allowing some latitude here, the actual questions will prompt the respondent to answer with a percentage, but provides an alternative for those agencies that are anticipated that have some difficulty arriving at those exact percentages. For those having difficulty determining a percentage for each type, a percent range option will be available and will be accepted as answers to complete this section. The first set of questions involves applying a percentage to the organization's ground ambulance responses and how they fall either into an emergency or non-emergency bucket. Now keep in mind, CMS has a definition for emergency, which is a response to a 911 call for ambulance or the equivalent to a 911 call for those geographic areas that lack a 911 system and where the ambulance alerted takes the necessary steps to respond to the call for response as quickly as possible. All other runs not originating from a 911 public service access point that do not require by standard the immediate response will fall into the non-emergency reporting bucket. The next subsection in this section asks the respondent to report the percentage of land ambulance transports versus water ambulance transports. Do remember, as we previously reported, Water ambulances are considered to be included when reporting ground ambulance transports for this project. Now, Section 6 rounds out by presenting a final area for ground ambulance respondents to provide a breakdown by percentage how their transports land in one of six level of service reporting buckets. The levels that CMS is looking to review are Advanced Life Support Level 1, emergency or non-emergency, advanced life support level two, basic life support, emergency or non-emergency, and specialty care transport. Let's take a look at how these levels are defined to help prepare for how percentage breaks down should be applied in this section. The advanced life support level one is defined as those runs either emergency or non-emergency, where a ground ambulance vehicle transport is 
in, part, in play and includes the provision of medically necessary ALS supplies and services and also includes the provision of an ALS assessment by ALS personnel as defined by the governing body, which is traditionally the state where the ALS level provider is licensed or certified and practicing. It is assumed at this level that at least one ALS intervention or the ALS level assessment will have been performed as part of the scenario. The advanced life support level two will be those ground, ground ambulance transports reported that were recorded to include the provision of ALS level medically necessary supplies and services that included at least three separate administrations of one or more medications via IV push or bolus or by continuous infusion, and that's excluding crystalloid fluids. And the key here is or medications or at least one procedure that CMS has indicated elevates the trips to a level two transport. Those qualifying procedures are endotracheal intubation, cardiac pacing, manual defibrillation, intraosseous IV access, central venous line, chest decompression, or cardioversion. Basic life support transports, again, emergency or non-emergency, will be broken out when meeting the definition of transport by a ground ambulance vehicle that is staffed by at least two people with at least one staff member certified as an EMT basic by the state or local authority where the services are being furnished. Obviously, the staff members on this ambulance must be shown to be legally authorized to operate all life-saving and life-sustaining equipment stored for readiness in the ambulance vehicle. Keep in mind that when responding in this section, this could include an ALS-level crewed ambulance who transported at a lower acuity patient scenario where ALS interventions or assessments were not required based on the scenario. Now, should your ground ambulance agency serve as an inner facility transportation provider of critically ill or injured patients, then it is possible a percentage of those transports will be reported within the specialty care transport level of service subcategory. SCTs are ground ambulance transports that originate and end in a facility and include a patient whose condition at the time of transport require, requires ongoing care that must be furnished by one or more health professionals in an appropriate specialty area with skills that exceed the training and practice of the EMT paramedic. Or an EMT paramedic who is not higher trained to monitor equipment infusions for the patient's treatment. These health professionals may be, for example, a paramedic with focused additional training, critical care nurses, respiratory therapists, registered nurses, physicians, and or other persons meeting this criteria. Finally, section six concludes with a question asking respondents to report the percentage of transports that are interfacility in nature 
apart from the previous level of service questions. Here, those persons completing the report on behalf of your ground ambulance service will be providing a percentage of transports that originate and end with a destination of one of these facility types, a hospital or skilled nursing facility that participates in the Medicare program or a hospital-based facility that meets Medicare's requirements for provider-based status. Well, that completes our look at Section 6 of the Cost Data Collection Instrument. Do keep watching for the next episode in our Cost Data Collection series, providing you with our breakdown for this important cost data collection project is a key goal of our Board & Collar podcast strategy. So be sure to subscribe and listen to all of the available episodes. Thanks for being with us today. And remember, be safe out there.